Hello and welcome to Foot Bros, your sort of bi-weekly, but not really, uh, football podcast with the bros, Keenan and myself. Keenan, what's how are you up, doing? Bro? What's up? I'm good, thanks. But my God, did the football world get a big bomb dropped on it yesterday when uh, Jürgen Klopp told us that he was going to be leaving Liverpool at the end of the, of the season. That was a Man's shocker. Running. Man's Got- running out of energy. He's running out of energy, so he says. Um, how is that possible? He's Mr. Energy. He's always, <laughs> you know, he's always running around and and getting getting excited about stuff. Well, I think that's nah, I mean, exactly. no, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just what he does. No, I totally understand where he's coming from. He has been there for a while. You know, I imagine yeah. it's I, being at a club of that level must be exhausting, so mentally, physically, and all that. Um, yeah, Guardiola got interviewed. Afterwards, and he was saying he totally gets it, you know. And I can't imagine Guardiola will be that far behind him. A couple of years yeah. at best for Pep. Yeah. Um, and that will be when that happens. That's truly an end of an era because we've been living under the Pep Guardiola, sorry, the Pep Klopp shadow uh, <laughs> for a while now. And uh, it'll be a, it'll be a different it'll be a different league when they go when they're both gone. Quite frankly, yep. hmm. I know it definitely will be. Definitely. Oh will yeah. Be. I've seen some. So obviously, it's a big, you know, it's a big shock for football, uh, and 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 even more so for Liverpool. But I've seen some crazy reactions from Liverpool fans. I saw one guy on TikTok compare it to the death of a relative, and I just thought, okay, <laughs> maybe we're going a bit too far now. <laughs> <with this. laughs> I understand the emotion. I've never met or spoken to. <laughs> I understand the emotion, you know. If you're a Liverpool fan and if and you have been for a while, you know this guy would be such a huge sort of figure. He'd be he'd be quite similar to a sort of Sir Alex Ferguson type for a United fan. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see what he gets up to next. Uh, other people thinking he might take the Germany job, which would be cool. Oh, yeah. Oh no, that's an interesting prospect. That would make sense. Yeah, it would make sense. Slightly, slightly more low key, slightly less sort of demanding. I'd would reckon. I would think. Yeah. Yep. And and, and yeah, and, and Germany need it. You know, they need revitalizing. Yep. So yeah, that could be fun. And then and then Jabby Alonso, the current Bayer Leverkusen manager and former Liverpool player, is current favorite to replace him. Well, that'd be brilliant. So good as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, that would be a cool one. I mean, Liverpool would not would uh, that'd be a good that'd be a good one for them. Oh uh, yeah, Liverpool. I mean, yeah, they are they're like well clear of Bayern right now, aren't they? In the they league, are. it's like it's insane. I mean, who are these guys? <laughs> Bayern, Bayern, Leverkusen, <laughs> and then Girona still top of the of La Liga, right? Girona, I love it. Yeah. Girona. For for listeners, we live pretty close to Girona, or our, our familial house is pretty close to Girona. Um, so you know, we 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 stand by them. Yep. Yeah. And just you know, a good underdog story. Mate. Speaking of oh, underdog wow. stories, brilliant one today in the FA Cup. Maidstone, Maidstone, who were also uh, who also come from not too far from where we grew up in Kent. So it's looking good for anyone that uh-huh. has been. Anywhere near where we have lived, uh, beat be Ipswich Town two one. Maidstone are in the sixth tier of uh, of the English football system. 
which means they're in the National League South, and they beat Ipswich, who are currently second in the championship. So that is that oh, is yeah. that is pretty impressive. Forgot that they were second as well. That, yeah. yeah, that's insane. What an achievement. What an yeah. achievement. I love it. I love it so much. This is what the FA Cup is all about. This is why the FA Cup needs to be preserved forever. Yeah. And 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 any sort of movement to like benefit big clubs, I, I hope uh, yeah, I don't like because this is what it's all about, these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 definitely, definitely. The big clubs already get to join in late on in the in the competition. I mean, but I do, I do like it when when small clubs have their moments like this. Oh um, yeah, you know the six. I mean, you know this. You wanted to talk about this, right? The, the 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 tier system, the depth of it in England, especially, is just it's quite phenomenal, really. And like you get you hear these stats, whereas like Saudi Arabia, which manages to spend you know billions on players on transfers and player wages and so on, they often get lower attendances than, like, eighth-tier English football. <laughs> it's just another level of football culture, really. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, it's all about those... What's, what's really cool is how it's how built into the system the the possibility of, like, promotion is. Mm-hmm. And, and the the fact that it's all interconnected. That's That's particularly cool. And how everything is designed to feed into other into other stuff, and uh, I just think that's particularly, I think that's particularly funky. In, yeah. In, in that way, I don't know. Yeah. What I don't know is how. So I know that there are like eleven official tiers of uh, of English football, and then there are further tiers below that, but that are like less official, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. And what I don't know is to what extent every football club, let's say every adult football club, uh, fits into that or not? I, uh, well, as I, so, the, so you've got the EFL, which is like the top four leagues, and then you've got the SA, which is all those tiers. Yeah. And, then, and then you have teams that are outside the FA, I, I suppose what I'm also not entirely sure about is how you get from being not in the FA to being in the FA. Um, mm. I don't think you have to be that big to be in the FA, considering how many tiers there are. I think you have to you have to have some sort of something. You have to have some sort of establishment, some sort of like you have to have, be able to cover the costs, and I suppose you have to have a. I think I think actually I think the main thing is that you have you need to be in a league. So I'm guessing that, like, at the local level, if we're talking about, like, the 11th tier, right? We're talking about the bottom of the pyramid. It's, for, it's like, Surrey West or something. And but that's, but that's the not local. the bottom of the pyramid at all. The bottom of the pyramid is, like, it's like 18th. <laughs> but those guys no. are not of the FA either. Okay, we, we need to... Into it. I'm pretty sure the FA is 10 tiers. And 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 they, and yeah and, and it's yeah it's managed by the football association the English football association, so you're either in the FA or you're not. Mm-hmm. And and I think to get into the FA, you, at the bottom tier, they dis, they probably have to make a decision of uh, whether or not a team should be promoted or relegated. Shall we Google it? We can Google it. 
we can Google it, but I'm I I think I think the FA itself runs deeper than that. Would be my assumption. Okay. Because because all of these leagues feed into one another, and so and so I don't. I think I think there are different leagues that have like different levels of recognition, obviously. But I think that most of them are under the FA, and then there might what there's, there's probably what probably exists is a certain number of like mini leagues and stuff that exist outside of the FA that are run by other associations and stuff like that. Well, you know that maybe they're like linked to to workers' unions or stuff like that, where it's, so it's a different league that's entire that's run entirely by a different association. But otherwise, I think most of them fall under the FA. And you just need, for a team to be able to play in an FA league, you just need an FA license. And then, like you say, that probably, you know, that probably requires a couple of things. The president can't be, you know, has to has to be solvent or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. what I have no idea what those precise conditions are. But I reckon there's a certain number of conditions for having that FA license. But once you have that FA license, you can enter the lowest level amateur league, wherever it is you are, and then go from there. Maybe mm-hmm. if you're like, if you can prove that you're sort of at least semi-pro, perhaps you can enter at a, at a higher level, like at the eleventh tier, directly without needing to to start off at the very, very bottom, because you can prove that you're already paying at least a bit your players or something like that. Yeah, I'm willing to accept that decision because, uh, sorry, that explanation because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It starts to get real sort of technical once you get down to the lower league. Just, just one more thing. I think I saw someone actually figure out how many matches in a row do you have to win in order to get from like non-existent team to to winning the Premier League. And it wasn't that many. <laughs> like, I mean, it obviously was a lot, but it was like... Yeah. Uh, it, I, think, I, think, I think because it was something about how you can like if you take a certain cup route you can sort of shortcut your way into it mm. but the point being I wish I remembered but the point being it's exciting that it is technically possible to go from being a club that doesn't exist to Premier League champion obviously that doesn't really happen all that much but you know it can happen Luton Town being the very first team to go from non-league to Premier League in the Premier League era. Oh, that's a good factoid. Yeah, exactly. There you go. And then Wrexham might be the next. Who knows? Wrexham might be the next. The first team to go from Premier League to non-league in the Premier League era is Oldham Athletic, by the way. In 2022, they got relegated into non-league after having been in the 1992 and 1993 Premier League seasons. So... Manchester United are next. Manchester United are next. <laughs> yep, they may well be. That would be the that would be the most dramatic fall from grace in history. <laughs> and um, and that actually is is another question that I've seen people talk about when we talk about Cannon Father in in the Premier League right now because there is some. Yeah. And then you look at the championship. Now, I mean, obviously Ipswich are in second, and they just, but they, and they just, the one, the team we just talked about losing to Maidstone. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, the three teams that just got relegated are in first, third, and fourth, right? Mm-hmm. 
and they're looking pretty strong. And the teams that got promoted this year to the Premier League are looking pretty weak in the league. They're all in the they're all in the relegation zone. So it kind of it kind of looks right now anyway that there's like a a twenty team sort of Premier League quality in the EFL right now. And then, and then, then there's the rest. It kind of makes it kind of looks right now that, the, that there's a Premier League and the rest. The yeah. Premier League is just getting stronger and stronger. That might not be, you know, that might not be how it plays out long term, but but that is the snapshot we're looking at right now. Yeah, I mean, I unfortunately I think that may well be how it plays out long term because because I mean it's a it's an exponential thing, right? Why is the Premier League? pulling ahead because the Premier League generates more money and more mm. television viewers because as the Premier League gets more and more viewers worldwide uh, the clubs get more and more television money which gives them more and more cash to spend on uh, on players and and you know and facilities and so on and the championship is not it's not growing in the same way at all because I mean it's harder to get it's harder to get your your Korean fan base into into championship sides, even if there's a Korean player in them. Whereas it's you know if you've got a high flying uh, son in a in a Tottenham side, it's easier to get them on board because there's you know a bit of a brand to go off of. It's harder for for Ipswich to do that, to to put it put it bluntly, I think. And um, and then there's also I don't think this is too much of an issue yet. But it's knocking on the door of uh, franchising. Yeah, yeah. But um, but back to what we were talking about before. I I just think it's it's a slight um, I don't know if maybe a, a shame that like teams like Leicester are very obviously too good for the championship. I mean, look at look at Brentford, look at Fulham. Uh, these are teams that you know showed up in the last few years and 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 are, st- and are sticking around. So I think. Full, well, Fulham is the is the yo-yo club. Fulham's <laughs> yeah. been yo-yoing for a while, but uh, but I I I don't I don't know if you can be as as blunt as that. I also think that sometimes when you look at Leicester, for example, Leicester was clearly a case of underperforming last year. Mm. The team was way better than the performances yeah. and the results they were getting, True. and so for me that makes sense, especially because they didn't lose too many players. A lot of the key players, or at least a lot of the a lot of important players, Dewsbury Hall, uh, Vardy, uh, Stucker were, were still stuck were stuck stuck around. You know, okay, so Madison moved on, but Madison was always going to move on. I mean, like yeah, I, I, I don't know about that. I don't know. I still, yeah, that's true. I mean, Leicester, you cannot you can't accuse them of being boring. I I an interesting point, which is. If you compare the last ten years of of Palace, Crystal Palace, and Leicester, both teams got promoted to the Premier League around the same time. Palace have come between eleventh and fifteenth every single year for ten ten years in a row. Whereas Leicester have won the Premier League, won the FA Cup, and been relegated. <laughs> it's it's insane. That is crazy. <laughs> I mean, but pal, I mean, pals. They're they're another. They're they're just the. They're underperforming. They're they're doing a bit of a less to this season, uh, in terms of they they should be doing better with the players they have. People they like Eason, Eze, and all that. 
I think they should also try uh, not having Roy Hodgson as their manager. That might help. And that might help. Yeah. They went through the Patrick Vieira phase, but that ended. <laughs> then they went back again. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. He's not awful, but clearly he hasn't done any miracles either. Time to start, you know, trying various different approaches. Mm-hmm. I agree. Should we talk about FPL? You had a good week again. Yeah, I did. Um, I actually went... Yeah, I don't know if... Because I... it was such a long week, I went up and down a lot, <laughs> like, in the rankings. So I don't, I don't actually remember if I went up on my previous week or not. But, um, yeah, it's a good, good week. And what, what's interesting right now is that we're having to sort of manage a situation where so many big names are out right now. And it's, it's all about, like, picking up the, the next best options and then seeing about integrating them back in when they come back. Yeah, um, yeah so the next, few, the next few game weeks will be kind of t- tricky um, because AFCON and the Asian Cup will come to an end at some point or teams will start to return from that as they get knocked out. And then big name, big injured name players like Holland, Holland and Salah will come back as well. And then, and then you've got blank game weeks coming up, double game weeks coming up. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a navigation challenge now. It is, and there's a few FA Cup replays that are going to add to that. Well, yeah. Forest, yeah. Forest, Chelsea and Villa all have FA Cup replays, and that's potentially uh, six teams not playing in a game week if they're around uh, the same time. Like yeah. So, I mean, like, normally I would definitely wildcard um, in like a couple game weeks when players start, when those um, when the AFCON and Asian Cup ends and players come back from that. I think that would normally be a very sensible time to wildcard but who knows, if it's all messy with all these blank game weeks and stuff um, it might not be so straightforward. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was kind of planning on my, my current plan was to basically plan for uh, the double game week that's coming up with Brentford and City and the blank game week just after that with Chelsea, Liverpool, Luton and Spurs. Uh, And then wildcard just after that game week. So that's one, two, three, four. That's five game weeks away. And I'm thinking that still may be a decent plan. So like plan for that. And then wildcard all of that out so that you can get Chelsea and Burton players and Liverpool players and Spurs players back. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of my plan. Given that I think that's going to cons- coincide more or less with the return of, uh, of Salah, for example. Yeah, I mean, I it's a good point. Back. Yeah, it's a good point because players, big name players, might not actually all return at the same time, given. So I think Holland. So if I, when I think of big names right now, I'm thinking. Haaland, Son, and Salah, and maybe Trent as well. So I think Haaland yeah. and Trent are coming back very soon, like maybe in the next game week. Son will be a little bit after that, and then Salah should be a few weeks later with his injury. Yeah. Uh, so you could also just bring them back in as they come, one by one, and then wildcard later for thinking more about, yeah, like you say, the the blanks and the doubles as opposed to the, the players. Mm. Yeah. Here's the problem. For example, when you're thinking about that, is it worth bringing Sun back in now? I mean, or in, if he comes back in, say, two game weeks, is it worth bringing him back in because he's got a blank coming up like two game weeks after that? Well, or yeah. Wait. 
Well, uh, yeah. Or do you bring him back and then wildcard him back out and then bring him back again <laughs> through a normal transfer? All three here. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but now is the time to start thinking about when it's the best strategic yeah. moment. Yeah. To, I think to I'm going to roll. I think I'm able to roll my transfer for this week. Um, fairly happy. I mean, the bench, my bench is Trent, Archer, and Bayer. But none of them, none of them are guaranteed to play. So that's the only thing I'm. But yeah, I think I'll, I think I'm gonna roll. Do you have any immediate transfer plans? Uh, yeah, I've got rid of Kufal. Who oh, <laughs> red card for a stupid yam. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Decent fixtures, and because they seem to be doing a lot of nil nils at the moment, so I may as well capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. If they're not going to win, at least get something out of it. And um. Uh yeah, that was that was that plan. I actually don't really know where I'm going after that. I think I'm just gonna start gunning for those for that for that double game week, like I said. So maybe getting a triple up on City, get in maybe Ivan Tony from Brentford. Um I'll, I'll I'll see see how I see how it goes. I'm I'm not I have no particular plan, but I think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna aim for that double game week and that blank game week and then Yeah and then no, I also don't have a plan right now. So after I think after I roll, then I'll try and make a plan. But right now I'm just no idea. But there's still time. There's still time. There's still time. Alright, just an I've got a fun little game for you. Ooh. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> so uh, this is a trend I've seen uh, going online, so I didn't make this up. I'd love to have made it up because it's really fun. But anyway, the the game is. Uh, <laughs> I think this this was going on during that week last week when there was like no football on and people were bored, <laughs> so people were coming up with <laughs> random crap. Um, but the game is to make us an a, a team of animals in various positions and sort of explain why you take that animal in that position. So. Okay. How does that sound? You ready for it? I'm ready for it. All right. I'll give you. I'll give you a sec to think about it, and then come back. And we'll meet back here yeah. with our with our with our super animal teams. Simulate a match. Yes. All right. <laughs> in a bit. All right, Keenan. I've got my team. All right. Do you? All right. Go for it. Hit me. Uh, how do you want to do this? Position by position, each each one, each team. Yeah, that could be fun. Go for it. So, who's your goalkeeper, Keenan? My goalkeeper is the orangutan. He's a big man with big, long arms that he, that he can do impressive stuff with, and I, I want him in my goal. I think he's saving a lot of shots. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Very nice. I've gone with an elephant. Oh. Okay. I'm thinking big man, hard yeah. to get around, and that trunk is, uh, that trunk is, very, is very versatile. Okay. Okay. Got the trunk. Are you worried about? Are you worried about your elephant being able to get down low, um, quickly for those low shots? Uh, no, because see, the I I'm thinking the trunk can get down low. Oh, the trunk, the trunk is going to stop you. Okay. Yeah. That that that, that trunk hits the ground pretty easily, so I'm 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 thinking that all that should do the that could do the trick. All right. Do you want to go left back to right back? Yes, let's do that. All right. Who's your left back? So at left back, uh, I have an owl. Ooh. Now, let me explain the owl. <laughs> so I've got 
I've got some link up play going on on the uh, on my on my on my wings. I'll explain my wingers later as we get there, so you'll you'll see why how it links in. But in any case, the owl I have for a few reasons. One of the reasons is the uh, an owl is uh, has got this three hundred and sixty degree uh, head swivel thing going on, so great vision for yeah. for your for your for your left back that's got that passing ability, right? One of playing vision, but also means that he's not getting caught out by by wingers trying to run in behind him or anything like that. Yeah. The second reason I picked the owl is that an owl's flight is perfectly silent. It's actually incredibly impressive. If you've ever have ever heard it, but I went to an owl show once actually, a, a birds of prey show. Oh, there you go. Yeah, they showed us how the owls work. So yes, I am. I'm, I'm familiar with their game. What's crazy is that if you look at like a sound chart, there's nothing when they fly. Nothing. Not even like, oh, there's a tiny bit that the human ear isn't hearing properly. No, no, it's, it's nothing. Anyway, owls are very silent. Therefore, I'm thinking owl is my left back, going to get in behind those defenders sneakily. And all of a sudden, who's there in the box just waiting for that cross to come swinging in from the other side? Mr. Owl. All right. Okay. Well, my left back is the horse. Um, okay. graceful, fast, strong, and he carries an attacking threat. And and you'll see later how I've sort of positioned it for my my left back horse to be the the fullback that attacks more, while the other three defenders sort of tuck in a bit to create a back three. But but we'll get into that. Um, okay, my first. So yes, the horse at left back. I think I think he's got that sort of Maldini esque gracefulness about him. Okay. My choice. All right, my center back. I'll just go with the center back pairing. So I've gone with the polar bear. I think a polar bear has excellent senses, reads the game, reads the environment so well, you know. Um, and then his his partner is the rhino. The, the the rhino is a bit of a he deputizes. He's deputizing a bit because he's he's more about strength and reliability. The polar bear is your is your Tiago Silva. You know, he dictates the the the, the defense. That's my center back pairing. Okay. Uh, my centre back pairing actually involves uh, uh, the rhino as well. Okay, interesting. Uh, so I've got rhino and a gorilla, uh -huh. and sort of similar similar pairing. Yeah, so I've got the rhino is a little speedier, bit more of the I've got a little a little more headers. Uh, you know, a lot of that kind of more more uh, a physical play, and the gorilla is more of a protective player. So he's like you know making scaring off those scaring off those strikers immovable object kind of kind of character mm. william lieber uh the hitting <laughs> harland kind of thing yeah what I'm thinking of <laughs> big van dyke yep all right who's your right back my right back is the cheetah i'm thinking uh fast very fast Kyle Walker fast, uh, sprinting down that wing, uh, and at the same time also uh, quite powerful enough to like be a solid defender and like, not 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 let guys through, kind of thing. So yeah. Well, my right back, I've gone with the sort of I've gone with the hippo, and um, you yeah. know strength and speed. He's got he, hippos have underrated speed. So he's he. That's the reason I'm pushing him out. He's he's a sort of 
he's a sort of center back turned right back in my in my team. Um, the reason that he's able to be pushed out to the right back is because of that speed that he has over his center back um, teammates. And so, like I said, he tucks into a back three with the rhino and the polar bear, while the horse can sort of bomb forward a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's nice. All right. Very cool. Onto the midfield then. Okay, I'll go first. So at my CDM, I've put the orca. I think mm-hmm. I think I think this player is highly intelligent and bosses the midfield. Basically, he bosses the the game, pulls the strings, knows what's up. My orca. Okay. Not bad. I'm actually going to describe my three midfielders as a unit. Okay, that's fair. Go for it. I've got so I've got sort of C, I'm, I, I've gone for a sort of uh, CDM, box to box CM, and then like a playmaker CM CAM kind of character. So my CDM is uh, the Pyrenean Mountain Dog, commonly known in France as a patou. Uh, these dogs are incredibly uh, impressive when it comes to protecting protecting the herd, or the the yeah, like they 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 they're capable of doing crazy things to protect sheep. Uh, quick, quick, quick story about this. I um, I heard about a a uh, shepherdess who uh, spotted some wool a wolf that was uh, creeping near her her herd. And so she went off to, to she went to scare the wolf off with like a stick and stuff, and the wolf kept backing up and then stopping, and she had to go further, and then he backed up and then stopped again, until she was a certain distance away from her herd, and she realized that actually that wolf was working with other wolves to get her away from them. Oh, for her, her patou had realized that that's what the wolves were doing, and so had gathered up the sheep and were, was herding them to a village where the wolves wouldn't dare go and was like sat in front of them like, I dare you bitches. I dare you bitches to try anything. Anyway, all of this to say, very protective dog, capable of being very smart and, uh, and you know, getting, go, getting themselves in the right position to, to stop that attack. So that's my, that was my, that's my CDM. Excellent an- anecdote to explain your reasoning there. And a similar uh, reasoning for my my box to box CM is the border collie because fast, uh, endurant, like capable of capable of being on all the uh, being at every ball, just like constantly recuperating up at the top, up at the, back at the bottom. Doesn't matter where, both ends of the pitch, mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth. And then my playmaker. Is also I've I've also got an orca in here, uh, because yeah, very smart. I'm thinking, capable of distributing uh, distributing the ball in like the right places. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen videos of killer whales playing uh, keep me up with seals. It's <laughs> it's slightly disturbing, but killer at the same time, it's yeah. depressing. They are hella disturbing. They do that thing where they like. They like encircle their prey on like a sheet of ice and just start like messing with them, like 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 bumping the ice and stuff, don't they? They're fucking psychopaths. <laughs> They're pretty crazy. Which is why I'm thinking killer killer whale has got that killer killer instinct for that for that that final pass. Okay. That KDB. Okay. Uh, that's why I'm thinking they dictate the the game. Uh, that's the why I understand. 
Yep. Yeah, no, I get you. Okay, cool. That's a cool midfield. All right, well, to, to finish my midfield off, so in the centre mid, I've gone with the ostrich. I think I'm thinking mm. I'm thinking stamina here. I'm thinking box to box. You sort of your Conor Gallagher's um, and speed for days as well. So um, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm my box to box ostrich in the centre mid, and at the CAM, I've gone with the tiger. I just think Ooh. I just think natural predator, great instincts, hold up play, smart. You know, yeah. My tiger up in the CAM role, false nine, if you will. Um, I think you know if the striker gets injured, I think the tiger could be bumped up. Um, a bit of a, bit of a, what's a ten turned nine example in football? A ten turned nine, like uh, like in Kung Fu. Yeah, or Kai Havertz. Must be more famous. Than yeah, well, Havertz just plays everywhere, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Then, I mean, Messi kind of sometimes. He get he gets yeah, he, get, he got he got he used to be I think just very much an attacking midfielder, and then later on got more deployed more as a false nine. Yeah, anyway, yeah. So that's my midfield. Um, do you want? Are you going to describe your attack in a unit as well? Or are you just no? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll go. I'll go one by one. Don't worry. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just start with my right winger, who's the same as your right back, the cheetah. Uh, <laughs> uh, interchangeable, I suppose. But yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Speed merchant. I'm thinking he drags the defenders. Basically, he he, he messes up their back line. Any plan they had, yeah, he's, he's messing it up through his sheer speed. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. On the right wing, I've also gone for speed. I've got a gazelle. I'm also oh. thinking uh, elegant, elegant with the feet, light, light, light on the feet, light footwork. Uh, for those, for those little. Those little skill pieces. Nice, very nice. On my left wing, I've gone with the Panther. So while while the Cheetah is is your speed merchant, the Panther is slower and more calculating, sort of more considerate. He 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 time. He's always lurking, and he times his runs to perfection. So he's kind of the uh, yeah, very complimentary to my Cheetah. Mm -hmm. Nice. He's on the left. Uh, on the left, I've gone for a falcon. Uh, falcon is the pure speed demon. Falcons can hit up to three hundred kilometers an hour uh, at the top, which is very fast. And I'm also thinking. So this is where I'm thinking link up play with the owl, who's at left back. Yeah. Uh, in the air. In the air. I <laughs> got the. <laughs> He's going to touch and link up play with the owl. And yeah, so whereas the gazelle's got more of that skill uh, element to him, the, the falcon is really, a, is really that speed demon. And especially because it's like, it's like sprints, like last minute acceleration right in the back line. Boom. Okay. Very nice. Well, my, um, my striker is the eagle. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking to poacher. I'm thinking, who's the best poacher in, in the game? Nah, uh, nice. Who's, who's going to get you 20 or 30 tap-ins? Just to get those <laughs> numbers up, and it's the eagle for me. Okay, very nice. Yeah. Uh, and my striker is uh, the hippo. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I put it right. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> my hippo is is not a subtle choice, obviously. <laughs> I've not gone for I've not gone for the little sneaky sneaky striker that 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 pops up in places you're not expecting because I'm. 
I've got other players that, that fill that <laughs> Yeah, I've got this. He's big. He's big. fast. Yeah, and it's like it's like just I'm I'm picturing just charging in and like my ball boom <laughs> kind of thing. Just he gets there first, and and he get, he gets up higher, and he gets there first, and he's stronger, and and then that, that's it. It's just muscles everyone else out. That's my yeah. thinking. Press this stuff. I don't know if you went this far, but I've got I, I wrote down some subs. I wrote the Jaguar who can just play on any position behind the striker, the Wolf. Mm-hmm. It's like leadership quality, you know, comes off the bench because he's a bit of a veteran, slots into the midfield. And then the the gorilla, who I think can play anywhere across the back four. Those are my subs. And the manager is the lion, a uh, a, phen- a phenomenal, a legend, an ex legend uh, in his playing career. And now he's uh, and now he's managing, taking his team to new heights. There you go. That's my law. Yeah, I didn't go as so far as to uh, as to, uh, as to uh, sub. I just did but, that while I was waiting for my haircut. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think, I'm thinking that a, uh, a decent manager uh, would be a, uh, a prairie dog. Or I, it's probably not my soft prairie dog. There's a certain kind of dog that, like, uh, I like think lives in dog. Sorry? You're, you're liking these variants of dog in your team. Yeah, well, I mean... Dogs are team players, right? That's <laughs> that's one of the that's, that's yeah. one of the great things about them. Why would you and want a dog to be your manager though? Like, like you ever, you ever thought of a dog as like a leader or? A, well, that's true. Know. Actually, maybe, maybe I maybe the wolf is better. Like, maybe, yeah, uh, I rate the wolf decision. My so my so so I told you my lion is is the ex is the ex legend who who turned who turned manager. Well, my my wolf in my team is is sort of being primed to take over the lion when he retires. I see, bit of a James mm. Milner. Yeah, been yeah. There forever. exactly. exactly. <laughs> he's the Steven Gerrard. Um. <laughs> oh, so he's going to be disappointing then. Oh, he's going to be a terrible manager. <laughs> yeah, I like how Gerrard is not like. Should be like the name everyone's saying right now, um, but he just hasn't proven himself yet. And well, no, whereas Xavi Alonso has, Alonso very much has. I think it's unfair oh, to well. of players to to uh, like great players to be great managers and to be disappointed when they're not. It's like it's a oh, difference. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole thing around that. Like, especially in recent, recently we've seen the England ex, the, the, like that that golden generation of England players, and how they've just been disappointing managers. And it's sort of reminded people that like being a good player, for one, it doesn't it doesn't mean you're going to be a good manager, and also shouldn't entitle you to become a top level manager. Um, which I agree with. I yeah, I just think I just, yeah, people fast track ex-legends into these top management positions and, and I don't know why. We have oh, a... branding. Definitely. Well, I mean, sorry, I do know why, but like, you know, it's not, it's, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like, you, you know, yeah, you, immediately, yeah, you might have that like, you know, big name brand boost, whatever, but overall, if they're not going to perform, then that is the point. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about what's been going on outside of, uh, Outside of the outside of football, so there's been there's been a few upsets 
in various places. Well, yeah. inside football, there has been upsets in the AFCON. Yeah. And a lot of big teams get, get kicked out straight, straight from the group stages. Like who? Well, I mean, Algeria, who previously won the tournament not that long ago. All right. Sort of, uh, who do you think is going to win that at the AFCON? I feel like Nigeria are kind of on track to win it again. All right. You don't think yeah. you don't think Senegal can defend them their title? I think they're looking pretty good. They could, they could. Yeah, yeah I, would, no. I would. I would make them favorites either. Um, I feel like it's always hard to defend your title. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's true. It is. See, we'll um, see. Um, yeah, yeah. The Australian Open's been um, been an interesting one. Djokovic, oh, yeah. Djokovic got getting kicked, knocked out of the semis with one of the the worst. Performances of his Grand Slam career. Uh, we won't hold it against him though, because of, because he's literally won everything else. But um, <laughs> like like this year, even he's won everything else. <laughs> obviously, he's obviously won everything in his career. But yeah, this year he's won everything, so we can we'll let him we'll let him off this time. Um, he he so says this it's the beginning of the end, and I believe him. <laughs> I think he'll still keep doing doing his thing. Yeah, I don't know. You can't call one slip up the beginning of the end, but. Credit to Yannick Sinner for yeah. for uh, capitalizing. Yeah, credit to him for getting through to the final now. And then Medvedev there. Um beating Zverev. Fighting back. I feel uh, Zverev at the time, uh, Sasha's Alexander Zverev this is, he, he there was a time when he was tipped to be the next like the next sort of um dominant force in tennis. And Unfortunately, he seems to have spent his career just sort of knocking around the semi-finals. Of, yeah. Of, whereas, yeah, Medvedev at least seems to get to finals, and I think he's won a slam or two. Uh, it's, it's just a bit of a shame, because he really was tipped to be a great one of the greats uh, at one point, and he just never quite got to that level. Obviously, he's done, doing very really well. He's, 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 you know, he's, he's had a good co- tennis career by, by normal standards, but, yeah. Just didn't quite I get it. I think there's a men- I, there's there's a mental issue, and I, I mentioned this with Alcaraz, and I think maybe you're right. I'm exaggerating with Alcaraz, but Zverev seems to be a case as well. And for me, Djokovic is the proof that there's something, especially in tennis, because tennis is such a long game and it's so individual. Like you have to have that mental strength that Medvedev had, for example, to be like, I am in the. I've lost the two, first two sets. I'm in the tiebreak of the third set. I'm going to win this, and then I'm going to win the entire game, which is what he did. And there's something about having that kind of just that that strength to just keep going and keep going to steamroll. And I feel like Zverev and Alcaraz as well don't quite have that. And you can acquire it, but if you don't, then you're missing out, especially... I mean, for me, it makes, it makes sense to be losing in places like the semifinals, stuff like that, because those are, those, are, those, are, those are moments where... You really need to have that. You need to be able to resist all of the pressure, all of the everything, and just keep going, no matter what. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. The mental game is huge in tennis. It is. Yeah. But yeah, um, so we'll see who wins that and, and who won. It was uh, who who won the the women's one. I just I just. Um, and did you see that a forty-three-year-old uh, guy won the first title, like Grand Slam of his career, in the doubles? 
at age yes. 43. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It is. That's what's cool about doubles. That's the, that's the upside yeah. of it. It's, it's yeah, doubles awesome. is interesting. It's a, it's, it feels like almost a different sport. <laughs> I mean, not obviously not, but like well, no, but it actually almost is. I mean, in the in the in that it's so it it's a it feels like a different racket sport. Let's put it that way. In the hmm. obviously got the same sort of mechanics and everything, but in the same way that that badminton uh, is different to I don't know pickleball. Uh, I think doubles is different to tennis, like to singles tennis. Yeah, because it's it requires it requires different it requires a different way of reading the course, a different way of of linking up with your partner and stuff. It's just not the same movements. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I have one little wacky sport for you. A uh, quick one today, just because we have been discussing uh, we've been discussing a forty three year old winning a winning a Grand Slam. And uh, and the many different levels of of, of football. Uh, did you know that walking football exists? And walking football is a version of football uh, for the elderly, uh, which uh, is seven aside. It's played on a reasonably small small pitch. The rules are uh, no running. That's the main one. That's why it's called walking yeah. football. And uh, yeah. you can't hit the ball above the... You, you, you can't lift the ball above the waist, basically. Um, okay. you know, it's, 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 all about, it's all about the passing. And the goals are even like... The goals are lower, so you're not hitting it up into, the, into, these, into big goals. So it's all, about, they, it's all they, about passing around the teams. Are they smaller as well, the goals? Yeah, the goals are smaller. Yeah, yeah. Is it? I imagine the shots are closer. <laughs> Therefore, well, yeah, because it's a smaller court. I mean, it's not. It, I I don't think it's quite as as small as a five aside, but it's uh it's definitely a smaller. Actually, it might be. It might be more or less a five aside size. Uh, mm. because again, the idea is you're not supposed to be running up and down it. The point is to sort of move to to kind of sway and to shift to change shape. So that the passes can like confuse around, but uh, but without you actually running running onto the balls or running back to to your goal because that's not the point. Mm. I love that. I, I love I love I love sports that like can get uh, older people or people with limited mobility for whatever reason involved. I think that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah it's so definitely definitely one of the upsides of football is how adaptable it is. Yeah, it's just it's just straight straightforward, isn't it? People can grab a ball and pretty much play anywhere. As long as you got a shoe or a bag to make as a post and then <laughs> your football pitch. <laughs> and the rules are adaptable as well because you know, there's not because there's there's so little to it, like you can you can easily you can easily make it make it fit for for, for different for different people and different different needs and so on. That's cool. Thank you, Keenan. It's been fun. Thank you. Another good another good week in Foot Bros. And uh, when we when we come back, I believe the Premier League will have resumed. And so we'll be back in action with some more dramatic FPL uh, wins or losses. 
and uh, we'll be that one step closer towards finding out who's going to win this year. If it's yeah. our, our darlings Liverpool, or uh, or if it's if it's the steamrolling City back from the treble to win again, or a, or a resurgent Arsenal if they can manage it, or a resurgent Arsenal, or a dark horse Villa slash Spurs. Mm-hmm. We'll see. See. We'll see. We'll see. Anywho. I'll see you next time then. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.